right, it's Tuesday, November 28th, and you're listening to the Morris Juke Joint on New Radio Media. I am Ben Rose, and I am joined by Steve Wicks of Gretsch Guitars. Hello. And you are uh, the regional sales? Technically, I'm the district sales manager. District sales, okay. regional sounds kind of... See? Good. I, yeah, I like that. I just got a raise. It, it, there you go. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you get a raise and it's just a title. It's just a fancier title. That's true. Yeah, that's happened to me before. <laughs> oh, I've been here a while. Can I get a raise? Well, we're going to give you a new title. No money. No money. Same yeah. business card. Uh, yeah, just cross it out and write, out, write in the new one. Absolutely. All right. So how long have you been with Gretsch? Uh Let's see. I'm about a week away from my two-year anniversary. Okay. Yeah, but I've been in the wholesale side of the business for over 40 years. Wow. Yeah, okay. long time. And, uh, and you, you started with Fender, which is... I started with Fender uh, back in 1976. Okay. Boy, that makes me old. Um, when it was under the window of CBS Inc., right. CBS Musical Instruments. Right. They had a bunch of different divisions, and they were at that time based out of Fullerton, California. And it was Fender Guitars, uh, Rogers Drums, Rhodes Pianos, and okay. DC Squire. Squire was the Strings and Accessories, which was actually based out of Battle Creek, Michigan. Okay. That's where I started. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, eventually Squire they started building more um, affordable guitars, correct? Well, Squire, yeah, they just used the name is right. what they did. There's yeah. a lot. It's like car companies where they bring back this name or that right. name or whatever. Um, obviously, they couldn't stay up late and think of something new and creative. So let's pull this out of the closet and dust it off. But, yeah, Squire was their entry level. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I've i owned a few. Just you know, I've, I, It was an in, in, interesting color, interesting model. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There, it's not hard uh, to build a good low-priced guitar, right? It's hard to maintain a good low-priced guitar in terms of manufacturing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, uh, and you just—you haven't always worked for Gretsch because you've worked for a few other companies in between, right? Well, I started with Fender back in '76. Uh, I was uh, in Fullerton, California, and then when I went into sales, I was based out of Washington D.C. Um, in 82, mm-hmm. I got a job with PV Electronics, and that moved me to Michigan. I've been here since 82. Yeah. I was with them forever, uh, 22, yeah. 23 years. Um, then I went with Gibson, Gibson Guitars, for okay. a couple of years. Um, interestingly, I lived here, but my territory was always elsewhere. My first territory was Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, so every Monday and Friday I was flying back and forth. And then yeah. they added... Uh, well, they added Wisconsin, Minnesota, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, most of Missouri, right. part of Illinois, but they get, still gave me Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, okay. so that was interesting. Um, anyway, then I moved on to Korg, which was the keyboard people, Right. Uh, but we were doing Vox Amps, which was uh, a real exciting thing for me because I grew up with the Beatles and the whole thing oh with Vox. I'm, I'm a fan of Vox Amps, I do. Super, super thing. Do you know North Coast Music out of Kudahay, Wisconsin? He's the only guy in the world licensed to do reproduction of old Vox really? speakers. Really? I did um, not know that. I, Gary Hallbeck. I have gotten my hands on the, the, the blueprints to, to build my own, but yeah, obviously, you know, that's not... <laughs> well, I can I can top that. I finally, on my bucket list, was to meet Gary and go to Kudahay, Wisconsin oh, really? and, and see his operation. It's a real old warehouse. 
Uh, it's a very small two-man operation, but he was telling me a story. We went to England a few years ago, and he went to the building that was the old Fox yeah. uh, factory, and it's now uh, occupied by a DJ company. Well, okay. he also owns a, an audio company called, um, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. It was Speaker <laughs> Cabinet, Sound, Sound Tech. I can't remember the name. Anyway, yeah. so he goes in there, and they said, can we help you? And he said, uh, oh, I'm just a, a fan of Vox, and yeah. I just want to look around. And he goes, oh, another one of those guys. <laughs> and he says, well, he says, uh, I do the same thing you do. I build speaker cabinets, and they had familiar ground because yeah. they knew his company. And they said, hey, this is the guy. And they let him go upstairs where all the old original blueprints for the Vox amps really? were. And he said he spent the day packing up 40 pounds of literature, blueprints mainly, yeah. to bring back. So that was just interesting. And he took me through his facility and showed me so many little details of, like, here's an amp handle from right. 1957. Here's an amp handle from 62. And he's just way into it. But just by being in the music industry, it, it allowed me to have a connection with somebody that was, was interesting to me. Right. You know. That's... Oh, to me, that's like absolutely fascinating. I would, oh. I would love it. Well, he told all kinds of stories, yeah. you know, with with different things like the. Um, if you ever saw the odd four twelve enclosures that Vox yeah. made, yeah, with three twelves across the bottom row and a single twelve on top, was designed so that it would go below the Beatles' ears, right? But still have one speaker to hear. Just weird things. It didn't yeah. work, but it was a novel idea. Right? Yeah, that is a novel idea. And I, yeah, I, I, I can see it really not working as well. Uh, yeah, I, a Vox amp is on, is, that's on my, it's, it's one of my bucket list items right now. So, so after that, because after leaving Korg. Um, I worked as an independent for a while. I worked for a local music distributor for a while. Uh, I'd actually pursued this Fender specialty job. That's technically who I'm working for now. It's part of Fender, but it's the specialty side of things. Okay. So I represent Gretz, Jackson, Charvel, and EVH. Right. Uh, I'd pursued it for about three years. So finally, when they had an open territory, they kind of fast-tracked me through the whole thing. And okay. There I am. So. Excellent. And uh, Gretsch is, that's, that, to me, that would, that, that's, that would seem, that'd be a, be a good product to, uh, to represent. Yeah. yeah, of the four brands I carry, Gretsch is the biggest part of our yeah. division. Um, I've got to meet Fred Gretsch a few times. We've got a wonderful management team. Right. Um, since I've been with so many different companies, I've seen some highs and lows at these companies, good and not so good management. Right. But the group that we have right now, they just want me to do my job. So they don't give me a lot of things that sidetrack me you know right. reports that nobody's going to read or care about or things like that uh, yeah. um and we have a good time well look at what happened 10 days ago i met you right yes yes <laughs> we were doing uh i was part of the support staff for the brian setzer orchestra down at the fox theater yes and there was a young man that came up with the unbelievable smile on his face zach right zach, yeah, yeah zach uh he wasn't expecting to see this because the last time we were there was prior to his employment down there right so he's like oh my gosh well this and that he <laughs> says hey i got this buddy you gotta meet yeah uh ben he's got a radio program it's like uh, okay yeah you know, whatever uh things were going pretty fast that evening yeah trying to make sure nobody took our guitars or damaged our guitars but yeah you get to meet you just never know who's going to be around the next corner oh uh, yeah oh I, I i know exactly how that is and you know when i, I run into people 
and it it's and when when whenever I do, it's it was it's never when I expect. I you know I fight sometimes right. I'll go out and be like, okay, I'm going to go out here and talk to this person about this, you know, about something you know it involves the radio show or yep. uh, I'm also a concert promoter, so it involves a band or whatever, uh, and nothing. Then I could be at a gas station. Really, this has happened before, oh, yeah. you know. And then you run into somebody. Uh, I I remember this one time. I I was standing next to Iggy Pop for I don't know how long and didn't realize that I was, that's who I was standing next to. Yep. And uh, I was like, man, that is a that is that is one short woman with a fur coat, and it is too hot for that. <laughs> well. Yeah, you get to meet some interesting people. You get some interesting stories. I don't know why this story just popped in my head. I used to have a dealer in Fort Wayne, Indiana uh, called Music Star. Right. He's long gone. Okay. Uh, he's retired or whatever. But he was. He called me one day, and he was telling me a story where he'd went out to Anaheim for right. the big trade show. And uh, prior to going out there, he has a cousin uh, named Steve, Steve Starkey. And he said, uh, Steve called him to see if he was going to attend the trade show and if right. he wanted to stay at his house. He said, oh, by the way, we're going to have a um, party for Ringo Starr's new album. And he said, would you like to come? He said, well, yeah, sure. He said, "Right, uh, I'd be glad to. He's not a Beatles fan. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the Richard, I can't think of the Jewish comedian that was going to be the MC for the night. Paul McCartney was there. Uh, but he's not a Beatle fan. So this was Ringo's right. new album. I think Joe Walsh was there. Okay. Um, and after it was over, a couple hours later, uh, Steve, his, his cousin, asked him, he said, well, you had a pretty good time over there with George. He said, he was with you the whole time. He says, you must not ask him anything about recording. He said, why would I ask him that? He said, do you know who you were sitting with? It was George Martin. Yeah. And he says, no, I had no idea. We talked about gardening and cars and yeah. dogs and things like that. So, And that's what's been fun when you meet some of these people and they're they're not so rock and roll. Right. You know? And I, I absolutely love that. Mm. I've had some interesting conversations about, like, honestly, the Weather Channel with some people. Because <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised you about got me there. how many people will watch. Because like, the Weather Channel now has programming and not that i sit and watch the weather channel but i've seen some of it and it's just it blows my mind of of how real some people are we don't we 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 don't think of them as actual real people we see them as rock and roll you know al petrelli yeah probably yeah Uh, i met him back in my pv days and we're driving down the road and we're talking about well do you weatherproof your deck you know or you know then he's telling me about a story with alice cooper up in uh I don't know where they were, Iceland or something. Yeah. You know, it's like we go from that and say, well, do you have a garden? You know, yeah. start talking about that. Um, there's a few of them. I won't mention any names. I'll protect the guilty who become very rock and roll stars when a fan's in front of them. But otherwise, they're not. Right. The funniest story I can think of in that regard was um, I picked up Tony McAlpine. You know, Tony, guitar yeah. player, metal guy. Yeah. Um, in Detroit to do. Uh, a dealer event and um, all I was doing was picking him up you know seeing if he wanted to have dinner and take him to his hotel the event was the next day we pulled up to the Holiday Inn somewhere close by and um, two guys two young guys were walking out of the hotel and he gets out of the car he says do you want an autograph and they go yeah so afterwards I said how in the world did you know 
they wanted an autograph. He said, they just had that look in their eye. He says, after a while, you just know. They didn't yeah. say a word. Right. No words were spoken other than, do you want an autograph? And yeah. So interesting things. But I, rock and roll people are people. Right. Uh, you know, uh, inter- uh, a story about, I interviewed Phil Alvin of the Blasters. Okay. And uh, it was probably the roughest interview I've ever done. If we did it over the phone. He didn't want to do it in person because he's not he, – he doesn't like to interact with people too much apparently. But we did the phone interview, and I always try to do some research on these musicians like, as far as like other interviews they've done. It was single word answers until I brought up math because he used to be a mathematics professor in California. Oh, my. Once I brought up math, just – he just went. That was his hot button. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And, 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 and that, that turned into a, a little – side project that I'm still working on, eventually I'll finish, of what musicians do when they get off stage. Oh, Done yeah. wine. Because, you know, a lot yeah. of people, they think rock and roll, so they get off stage, they're drinking, they're doing drugs, they're getting with groupies. But you'd be surprised at how many of them don't. They just want to, some of them want to be left alone. They want to mo- just to, just to be quiet, calm yep. down. And it it's, to find out that when, Phil Alvin gets off stage. He goes back to whether it's his tour bus or the green room or his hotel room and just starts working on mathematical equations. And that gets him to chill out. Yeah. That makes that, sense. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be, math is not my first choice. <laughs> not mine either. Or but, geography or physics or yeah, but, whatever, but okay. If you ever have a conversation with them, it, it's, it, and that's, and having a conversation with them, it, I guess, doesn't, it's not something that happens often. Uh, it, it's very apparent that that would be something that he would be into. There you, you go. Know? Anyway, we are going to take a quick break. And when we return, Mr. Sheldon Kay, the rock and roll lawyer, will be in here. And he's also a grudge player. And I believe he has a beautiful penguin, not the bird, the guitar. <laughs> All right. So this is... Uh, this is actually another Gretsch player, this uh, Jeff Bitzinger, who I believe he, he has quite a few Gretsch guitars, but I believe he normally plays like a White Falcon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so here's the high views with Not Slowing Down right here on the Mercy Jew Joint on New Radio Media. <laughs> Bye. 
da sua
listening to the Motor City Juke Train right here on New Radio Media. My name is Ben Rose. And just a little bit later in the show, I'm going to be giving away two tickets to see the swimmers and the interrupters and the regrets at the Magic Stick. And that will be on Friday. And that's courtesy of Black Iris Booking because we absolutely love Black Iris and Ramona. She's been wonderful to the Motor City Juke Joint. Joining me now is the rock and roll lawyer himself, Sheldon Kay. What's going on? I just see this thing going back and forth. Oh, because it's all on camera. Oh, my God. You know I hate my picture taken. Oh, oh. God. Oh, you yeah, want, yeah, want yeah. to take you off camera and get the comb out? No, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my hearing. I don't have it pumped up today. That's all right. It's all right. It's all all right. right. Uh, You're going to be a star whether you want to or not. That's, oh, okay. that's right. That's, okay, that's, cool. that's right. I, I, I thought I had told you we were doing camera. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, that's what the whole purpose of the station I hadn't even noticed them. Now he's got me thinking about them. Right. I, like, oh, my gosh. I forget about them to the point do, where you, yeah. I, I'm doing what I would norm, what I used to do on, on – regular radio and then i see it i see these spin and i realize if i'm just doing the show by myself no guest i should be looking at the camera (laughs) and and, you know you'll watch videos of me and i'm and i'm like this uh but you know well welcome sheldon Hey, man, this is cool. It's about guitars gretsch guitars how could it be better than that It, it you know it i don't think it can uh so i like you guys yeah Likewise, yeah. I like you. Yeah, I would love to hear right, that story. So, about eight years ago, I sold a bunch of equipment and I got this big old amp from Fender, the Viber King. Now that's uh, like that weighs three times more than what I weigh. So yep. Pete and the band didn't want to schlep it, so I decided I'm going to get rid of it and I'm going to get a Setzer guitar. Oh. So I go to Motor, I, not Motor City. I'll tell you that story. But I go to. Uh, uh, Scott at uh, Guitar Center, okay, and they have a great. They ordered it actually from the factory, okay, from your Fender factory. Yep. I get it. I really loved it. Harley played it, and it sat around. I wanted to sell it to get a Duojet Green Cadillac Green, recently, okay. Yep. And nobody would know. I couldn't get the money. I put it on reverb. No one would buy it. My friend in the band, Mike Scarvella, said, "I'll." I want to buy it. So he tried it. He done, I don't want it, he says. I said, what am I going to do here? So I said, I got a great idea. Let's go to Motor City, greatest store around. Okay, Marty. I love those guys. I'm giving a lot of plugs to everybody. They owe me. Okay. But it's the truth when I say something. I really believe There'll it. There will be a big discount in your future. Oh, yeah. Marty's good with that. <clears throat> yes. Okay. And so I said, let me go there and try a strap. I go there and I try a strap. And the way it angled on me. I couldn't believe it because I tried the straps at home and it was too far out. It was like inches wave, too big on me, you know. I tried a strap and the way it felt, I got a new guitar now, man. Well, this is also a new guitar strap story. It's a new guitar strap story, yeah. I like that. Yeah, so that's what that's what worked. That's my story. I hope it didn't bore anybody. I hope they didn't turn the station off and <sighs> listen to me Friday nights on the Rock and Roll Lawyer Show. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> we just need to get you over on this on, on to, uh, new radio media. I think we'd hit a bigger audience if I'm if the way it's going here. So yeah. that's cool. You know, the first time that I was ever on air was on Sheldon's show, uh, and that was uh, 
few, quite a few years ago. Yep. And it, your your studio is a, is a tiny little room. That's right. And it, it was it was crowded. I think uh, you had was it Rick sit kind of sitting halfway in the hall. The world's most pissed off guy. He was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, but you taught me about psychobilly That's because right. I didn't know what it was. And you, we did the whole show about that. And yep. then I later realized it's Rockabilly's uh, 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 nephew or whatever, or cousin, you know. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah. 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 So. There, there's there's all, all these different, um, you know, variations of Rockabilly and offshoots. And I've, right. I've, I've heard people coin their own bizarre things. And, uh, and I've heard some really, really bizarre terms. Uh, like there's a term for for gay rockabilly, which I had no what? idea. Yeah. Uh, Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I know nothing about it. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like what, does, what does that matter? Uh, or maybe it's just... Are they just the, jolly? Maybe. Okay. Maybe, or maybe it's, maybe it's uh, <laughs> subject matter of the Christmas songs. Spirit in you. Right. You so, there, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of... It, get, it gets out of control. But, you know, there are... You know, there are some... Solid offshoots of just of rockabilly, neo rockabilly, and psychobilly, and then right. we'll just we'll stick with that. Absolutely. Don't want to get too fancy. Nothing wrong with a good Billy. No, that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's a fact. So, Sheldon, I'm going to have them put up a picture of the penguin. It, you know, sure. I, I found I found a oh, found one. Did. Yeah. Uh, it's the mid, what is it? The midnight blue. Isn't that called the midnight blue? I'm not sure if it's midnight blue or midnight blue sapphire or yeah, something like that. The problem is, is yeah. um, when you take a photo of it, it almost always looks black. Right. It's a right. hard oh, finish man. to get the lighting right. I went online. But gorgeous. A beautiful. I went online. I wanted to get that and I saw that Ubers and Breeze. Paul there had it. And I went there and they held it for me. I said, this is my new guitar. So There you go. Uh, that and, You know, and that that's really... How I most of the guitars that I've bought were just I have I, I've I've gone to places with something else in mind. Mm-hmm. I uh, I remember the last Gibson I bought I went uh, I was they had this seventy uh, something uh, Melody Maker yeah and I was I, and nice. I had my head my my oh, my heart set on that one and I went and I was walking past and they had and at the time they had that that Voodoo Les Paul which was the Swamp Ash like a matte black with red in the wood grain snakeskin case okay. I didn't make it to the Melody Maker because I stopped and picked up that um, that the Les Paul, and uh, it, it it went home with me. There you go. You know, uh, I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. But it's it's just one of those things, you know, like you like it's almost serendipitous when you when you meet a guitar. That's true. But I remember when I first communicated with you online, you had a cool guitar to sell. It was a, uh, it, was, it had checkerboard. It was a uh, Dean, called the Dean Psychobilly. It's one of their, their few hollow bodies. Really and cool. I, I, I'm so glad I never sold it. And it was good. Yeah, I didn't. And I, and I love that guitar. I will never sell it because it's, it's very, very hard to find. Where did you find it? Florida. Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, Excellent. and, uh, I, all right. So, so, uh, Supposedly, and this is this is something from somebody at Dean had told me because I'd asked, well, wh- what, why are you discontinuing this guitar after it only being on the shelves not even a year? And I, they, their story was that there was a licensing issue with the Bigsby. Oh, I don't know. Did they were they using a Bigsby? Well, it was not an, an official Bigsby; oh, okay. it's a copy. Okay. And oh. it, it, according to the, the the guy I talked to, said that that they they never um, they never got any. 
approval to, to use a direct copy of Bigsby, but I don't know how that works. I mean, he, maybe he normally, was just bullshitting, I but... Think, well, you would know, Sheldon, isn't it a 17-year on a, on a patent, and then you have to change it? I don't know. I, you know what? I think it's maybe it's 16. I think you're right. It's Something around like that. that. It's around that time period. And then it goes into the it's it's free for anybody. And that's why a company that. will make a small change right. and come out with a new version so they can have a new new patent on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And Which, I and by the way, Gretch owns Bigsby. Right. That's why that's, that's yeah. That's right. That's right. So and I and I I do like that we were talking before the show about this new variation of the Bigsby, right. which makes it easier to string. Sheldon, you might dig this. Can I put that on? Let me ask you a question here because I had a hard time putting new strings on my I've never guitar. heard that <laughs> prior to this radio program. Yeah. Can I put another Bigsby on that would fit that where it's, what is it, string through or what do they call that? I'm not... Well, we came out with the Players Edition guitars mm-hmm. uh, in January, and those guitars are basically what artists have asked us for because one of the biggest gripes is changing the strings on mm-hmm. a Bigsby. It's a can of worms. So you have the little pins on the bar, mm-hmm. so we just remove the pins and drill the hole in the axle. You run the string through the axle, wrap it around it, it goes across a uh, tusk nut, graphite nut, to a locking tuning gear. It makes changing strings like almost normal. Uh, I would think you could change it. I'd have to do some checking um, to see if they have more than one version of that. Okay. What we did was we introduced it on the hollow bodies in January of last year. We've got it on some center blocks this year, but next year the big uh, new thing is going to be a redo of all the solid body guitars. Mm. I first heard about these three years ago, and I'm really excited because it'll be the same thing. In other words, we'll have models that are true to the heritage of what a Gretsch guitar is, but there'll be other models that, again, come out from what artists ask us for. As I was telling Ben, we feel that there's a, there's a, quite a number of Gretsch players that really don't play Gretsch, uh, and what I mean by that is there may be a solid body player that always wanted a Gretsch, so they mm-hmm. have a Gretsch, but they don't play it. In fact, I'd purchased a, one of my first Gretsches years ago, and the guitar was so clean, I couldn't believe it was old as old as it was. Right. Got it over in Holland, Michigan. And I said, what's the story? And it was a husband and wife uh, duel, and the husband never played it, always wanted one. He'd pull it out of the closet and play it for 20 minutes a year, so it was in mint condition. And then one day he needed a PA, so he traded it in, and Mm. I got it for dealer cost. Wow. Anyway, so um, the player's edition guitars, uh, the solid bodies will be done next year. I'm going to make a note on that and see what the story is, and I'll get back to you and see Fantastic. if there's a Bigsby that would fit. God, that would be great. Yeah, would, I think I think it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. I I would I would replace it my the Bigsby copy on my Dean with that uh, is that would make things so much easier because you bought that little part right the uh, little which part are you the thing that, that makes it easier to string a Bigsby. I never bought that. Yet. Uh, I I I did, and it it it's. It's convenient, but I'd rather not have it. Okay. Now, what, what what I don't understand is people buying a guitar not to play. They're made to play, and I every guitar I own, I play and I play it regularly. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Uh, so if I like buying a Gretsch, I just sure it, the the price tag might be something that would deter somebody from playing it. But I bought it to play, not just to just sit in a closet or or, or hang on the wall. Mm-hmm. People yeah. do it though, just like cars. They'll buy a vintage car. And- park it yeah and it's stupid you know that's I, what i did with my until i said i'm playing it now right which yeah. uh, you know we can put that up on the sc- on the screen for for uh the our, our listeners or well the viewers mm-hmm. people are actually watching the the penguin you got that jake 
All right, cool. Thank you. Um, could you just throw it over here so you can you can see? Here okay. it is. Look at that thing. Oh my God! Look at that. Yeah. Looks lethal. It, it does. Really does. Look at that. That is just a, that's a hot rod car right there. It is, and those like much like the cars that people don't drive. Now I have some friends that'll uh, that that'll drive theirs uh, their vintage cars all year round. I have a buddy that drives his '54 Chevy pickup. As long as it's as, as long as there's no snow on the ground, he's driving it. Mm. Uh, you okay. know, but which it's 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 how I feel about it. If you're gonna own it, use it. Don't don't let it let it sit. Now. Do you, do, you, do you see like the, the the people that are playing more like they're going to actually play the, the the guitars? Are they buying the electromatics? Is that oh, the case? Absolutely. Okay. Um, our goal, yeah. I think, this started up last year. Uh, management said we want to have a goal with the electromatics to make them the player's guitar. Okay. And what we mean by that is a guitar that uh, looks good, sounds good, feels good, plays good. Right. And they'd be proud to own, but they could also take it to a local club. Whereas in the case of like Sheldon, yeah. that's not a guitar I'd want to take into some clubs, you know, because it's going to get knocked over. Mm -hmm. or yeah, somebody's going to spill something on it, right. or whatever. But the Electromatics, they had a major revamp starting back in April of last year with the hollow bodies. Right. We do the center blocks this year and, and solid bodies next year. And, and we've just upgraded them, and some people have looked at them. Well, in fact, when we redid the hollow bodies, I took three into um, Huber's, Huber okay. and Breeze Music up yeah. in uh, Fraser, and I put them out on the floor across from the counter, had the cases open, and Paul comes by, and Paul knows his guitars. Mm -hmm. And he said, why are you bringing the pro guitars in? I said, these aren't pros, these are electromatics. So you'll see same same thing with the solid bodies next right. year. Um, instead of like a single ply binding, we'll be doing four ply bindings. Okay. And just doing little things to dress them up, but also to improve the playability. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, see, I, I, the, the thing that has always, that has always deterred me from buying a Gretsch was the, was the price because, I'm, you know. It deters everybody. It, yeah. But I've seen some that secondhand that I've you know I'm like yeah. well maybe I can do that and then I did buy the the parlor guitar the the with the western themed yep. and like, like I said before that that was uh, lost that with a girlfriend uh, I missed the guitar the not sunset. the girlfriend yes yeah guitar regrets yeah, yeah. Uh, you you you've seen those Sheldon there was the the four set I think they were they ran about like 150 a piece mm -hmm. yep. and I know people that have collected the whole set just to hang on the wall but I Absolutely. thought it played beautifully. Now, speaking of Gretsch Acoustics, like in Zach, how we met uh, at the Fox, right? He that's all he's playing is the is, is the Gretsch. And when he was on this show, and he's he's been on my show when it was at the other station many times. When he was on the show, he were he was talking. He's like, you know, man, I really wish I can get an endorsement from Gretsch. You know, I only play Gretsch, and he would aim the headstock at the cameras. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's 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 good. He's good. Uh, I probably get asked. Once every couple of weeks, how okay. do I get an endorsement? Right. I just had it happen two days ago. I've got a, a friend who works at a music store down near Louisville, Kentucky, mm -hmm. and he's got a new band. Well, it's actually an old band, but it's now uh, a new music style. Mm -hmm. And the name of the band is called 8-Inch Elvis. Yeah. Um, and they had a band 10 years ago. It was a basic rock band. Yeah. And uh, my friend, uh, Mike is his name, he said that... Um, a few years later, every band in Louisville sounded just like him. So you could hire any of us. We all sounded alike. So about a year and a half ago, he fired everybody to take yeah. a little break. 
then he hired new musicians, but now it's rockabilly right. with a little slant. I don't know what version of Billy this would be because he's trying to do more modern rock, yeah. rock and roll, yeah. but with a rockabilly yeah. slant to it. And they're playing in front of big crowds, so they're already yeah. asking about endorsements and everything. But right. you got to ask because, like you say, the guitars are a little pricey. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I, he's – what is that? Uh, I'm trying to think of the models he has. He's got a couple of different acoustics. I think. I think. I know he has three Gretchen. Ranchers and Falcons. Yeah, Rancher. Uh, I believe so. The, uh, the Gretsch acoustics were never designed really to be competitive in the acoustic market. So right. if somebody's looking at a true acoustic dar and is is looking at maybe a Martin or a Taylor or something yeah. like that. That's not where Gretsch is at. Right. We just thought we had to fill out the line. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen one of the Gretsch acoustics that has a Bigsby on it. No. Yeah, we make one, one model. It's it's a it's a it's a rancher. Um, don't do this at home, children. Mm. You should never put a Bigsby on an acoustic guitar. No. It's the strangest thing in the world. But it's for the guy that gets out of bed one day, and he already owns five or six Gretsch <laughs> electrics, and he says, "I need an acoustic." But the fact is, he'll probably never play it. So he goes down to the local music store, and if by chance he sees this guitar, he'll buy it because it looks like him, looks like home, looks friendly. Yeah. And he'll never play it again. Right. So yeah, yeah we that, make that, an acoustic guitar with a Bigsby on it. I can't imagine that being a just a good idea. Period. It's not. It's a terrible idea. Right. And we sell a lot of them. Uh, well, I guess that's good that you're selling them. You know, I, I mean, sure, the, the guy that's buying it. Hey, for me, I I'm not always going for a, a, a name. I I I enjoy bizarre looking guitars. Like I bought the the one that looks like a taxi cab, mm-hmm. sure. and the the Voodoo Les Paul that was an interesting finish on it. And uh, like one of my bucket list guitars is a I, I I've always wanted a Surf Green Telecaster, which is a, any any that I see are good or expensive or you know not exactly what i'm looking for but i i you know with with uh the gretches you have so many different finishes like say like you see some of like the setzer uh right. models have some really interesting you know aesthetics uh now with like as i'm look, bringing this out this lovely brochure that you brought which i i greatly appreciate I you know for the longest time the only Gretsch's like the like the the finishes as you would see were you That's know right like the pretty much the standard what 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 what's the color they call that what's like an orangish color well, it's, is it, it just orange there's different versions of okay. orange we make about four or five oranges okay but we own I think Gretsch owns orange in the guitar business okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's right there Shelton if you want to take oh, a look yeah. at it you talk yeah. about uh, surf green I just bought a guitar. Solid body guitar, kind of a Strat copy, about yeah. three months ago. Yeah. And I was at a new music store down in Cincinnati called Third Rock Music, and it's two guys who it. opened up recently. A very cool shop. Yeah. Small shop, but very cool. And they both used to manage um, stores for Buddy Rogers, who's got out of the MI business. Anyway, so I was doing my, my job, working with the guys, and I kept walking by this surf green Strat yeah. on the counter. It was right. up high. And all of a sudden, I looked up on the headstock, and I said, what in the heck is that? I, I couldn't even sp- pronounce the name of it. And uh, they said, that's a you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I picked it up and played it. And it played like a $1,000, $1,500 guitar. Right. And they had it priced at, I think, two seventy nine or something. Okay. Their wholesale cost on the guitar was $79. Oh, jeez. And I said, did you put any work into it? And they said, oh, yeah, we 
set it up a little bit and whatever. And 15 minutes later, how much is my price? You know, I think I paid 111 or something because they had some labor into it. Right. Uh, I more recently had it tweaked again. I took the the volume control on a Strat. Just drives me nuts with my right hand. Yeah, so I, I had yeah, it removed and and just do it a, um, a single volume and tone where the two tones were. Yeah. Anyway, if I'd have known you were going to say surf green, I would have brought this in because it's got the mint green pick guard. Oh wow! Is, but the guitar plays like a really expensive guitar and. It was $111 to me. That's uh, but that's the thing. It's not it's not hard to cheapen up a guitar. Right. It's hard to maintain any kind of quality. And what a lot of people don't understand is what it really costs to manufacture a guitar. Right. Um, how much material might be used that's screwed up before it ever sees the light of day. Right. Back in my Fender days, uh, I think my microphone's oh getting sick. Anyway. <laughs> kind of reminds me of me um, <laughs> back in the day um when i worked for fender this is hard to believe in 1981 i don't know how many guitars they built but let's assume they built 25,000 guitars mm-hmm. for every maple blank that they started to cut out a nick 90 percent of the wood was thrown away because the tolerances were so bad on the manufacturing uh, equipment that they had they'd start to cut out a nick and then a router would go right across the fretboard and just you I'll throw that one away. You go through 10 pieces of maple to get one neck. Right. And that was pretty bad. But the cost, I mean, the cost is basically going to come down to the quality of the materials uh, and the labor. And you can put $1,000 into a guitar just doing fret work. Oh, I, be- I believe it. Hard to imagine. Ugh. But it's true. Now, I know that there are some manufacturers out there that will sell blemished stuff, right? And I'm right. assuming like like that might not make it to, to, to being, you know, blunt, I guess, quality enough. Oh, oh, yeah, we're going to fix this microphone. You know what? Let's take another quick break. We'll get that microphone taken care of so it's not drooping because uh, nobody likes drooping. Uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Uh, and we're going to go to a break with actually one of Zach's most recent bands called the Erie Brothers. Uh, I don't know if you had ever had a ch- if you had had a chance to to, to listen nope. to him. Who's okay. Zach? Zach Zach Welch. You know him. Daniel? Remember when I did that uh, with with Wolf and Mac? We did that Elvis thing at New Detroit Cafe. The kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Zach's great, man. Yes, he is. He is a, he is a good guy too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna. I'll That's put him on, and then we'll. I'd like to find out what kind of vitamins he's taking. Oh, because of his his, his his excitement. He's got a lot of energy. Well, yeah, he does. I jam with Zach. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Uh, this is the Erie Brothers. Won't be the same right here on the Motor City Joint on New Radio Media. Words written in red We have to get our 
Heartburn 
sail across the sea Climb to the top of Mount Everest I'll back you up in any kind of test I tried to call you on the telephone Your sister told me that you were not home I guess we have to work to earn our fun So I'll be there when you get done Now people say I'm too far away That don't mean a thing Just search your heart and you will find I'll be standing by you all the time You can do anything you want with me Take a chance honey and you will see I'll catch you if you start to fall those headphones you got to turn those headphones down all right you're listening to the motor city juke joint right here on new radio media i am ben rose i'm joined with uh, steve wicks and sheldon k oh yeah we gotta it's yeah, adjust that a little bit right yeah the, this mic the microphones are so sensitive they will pick up the headphones so yeah we've been talking about uh guitars and gretch and i we had the opportunity to see that beautiful green strat copy that uh, that's Steve just you just recently purchased it, right? A couple weeks. A couple back. weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Now, you obviously you are a player yourself. Now, is that is that how you got into to this uh, this this line of work or sort of? Yeah. Um, I got out of the service back in the seventies. I was in Central Illinois. I had a Vox bass. I started off as a bass player. Okay. Six strings seemed awful confusing. Won't hold it against you. <laughs> had a problem with uh, switch. So I took it into a local music store to get it fixed. Um, had no idea what I was going to do career. Just got out of the Army. And um, when I came back to pick it up, they offered me a job. So I kind of backed into the retail music business. Right. And uh, started to develop some uh, chops to know the product, particularly audio, mm-hmm. uh, sound systems and so forth. And I started getting offers to be a rep. Oh, okay. All the offers sounded good. I found out later they were all terrible. Um, but I had befriended uh, my Fender rep, um, and he said, you have to make up your mind whether you want to be in retail or wholesale, because he says you're straddling the fence. So I finally said, um, okay, I want to be wholesale. And to me, trying to get a job as a little guy in a little music store in Illinois was not going to happen. Right. But they had a program to train and uh, basically grow a sales rep, which meant a – a guy that was already a sales rep 
couldn't do what I did because you had to move to Fullerton, California at your own expense with no promise that you'd ever uh, be a rep, and I took about a 35% cut in pay. So, But it seems like it worked out, though. Worked out really good. Um, they had four guys in training. Yeah. I worked my way up in about a year and a half. I was the second guy to get hired, even though I, there was some people ahead of me, and the rest is history. So, yeah. And I'm assuming you get a, a, a fair... We lost everything. Oh, we lost oh, everything for a minute. Yeah. All right, we're good. All right, so I'm assuming you get a fair discount on. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, I haven't really bought anything since I joined this company. Okay. Uh, I've been waiting for 2018 when these solid bodies come out. Okay. But I'm already starting to look backwards because we came out with a, a new Gretsch guitar, a player's editions that we were talking about with those Bigsby's. Sure. Um, broadcasters last year. What we're known for, one of the things we're known for is the... Um, Filtertron pickups. Yes. And the difference in a Gretsch humbucker than virtually anybody else's out there, particularly Gibson, is it's a lower output pickup. Right. Which means it's going to be, it's going to have a broader bandwidth. Right. Okay. Because as you raise the output of a pickup, yeah. the pickup becomes more compressed and darker sounding. Right. I don't mean that as a bad thing. No. It's just a different thing. So right. the guys that want a very clear bell tone like sound, deep lows, brilliant highs, the Gretsch kind of fits the bill. So we had the Filtertrons. Um, last year we came out with, or I should say actually January this year, a Fulltron, which is basically the same idea with a more aggressive output in the mid-range for mm -hmm. the guy that wants an overdrive type sound. Okay. So that's it. And I've already heard a rumor there's another new pickup next year that's going to take that a little further. Are you ever going to use the Ray Butts pickup? I have yeah, no Tom idea. Jones, uh, um, in terms of product development, I'm as low on the totem pole oh, as you okay. can get. In fact, I think I'm looking up at the totem pole. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go to Scottsdale next week to find out about the new stuff that will be introduced in January. But I hear little bits and pieces and rumors and all of that, but I have no idea. Okay. We may or may not. See, for, for me, I like my pickup configuration on my guitar i like to have that that like the nice clean but i i think i was saying i bought the the, the gfs kind of their filter they call it filtertron uh or retrotron i'm sorry you know which is a copy of the filtertron right and i bought their i'm using for my my bridge it's it's a their hot wound version and it, it gets a little it gets a little bite to it, and right. not not you know, but with the P ninety that P ninety that I have on the in the neck position, actually ends up getting a little bit more because I like to I okay. like to have that option of of being able to go nice and clean, you know, to, like really like a traditional rockabilly, and then right. I want that garage punch, you yep. know, that and that's that's it's kind of a hard thing to accomplish with. Um, you know, mo with most guitars, you'll see the, the, right. the, it's either like, well, we have these two pickups here. You know, it's like a, a, a pair. But, you know, you you want one to do this way and one to go that way. And that I just had to do it myself. But, well, you have to consider not only what you're trying to get out of the guitar, yeah. you know, which is combined with pedals and amps and yeah. all of that. But you have to consider any other guitar players. And one of the biggest problems uh, that we have been... Um, offering a solution to is when you have a band where they're all using Gibsons or all using yeah. Fenders, yeah. they're stepping on each other. Yeah. And sometimes they'll say, well, why don't you next time introduce a Gretsch? 
just so you can have some voicing or separation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never thought Uh, of that. It works extremely well. We didn't invent it, but we like to promote it. Uh, We don't promote using any other guitar. That would be very bad, and Mm -hmm. you'd have bad luck for years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's true. You have certain voicings, uh, and you think back of... Well, particularly any band that had three guitar players, it really gets bad where they're stepping on each other. And it's like, well, this is muddy. Uh, Most mud seems to come from the amplifier, but it can come from the guitar as well, as far as using multiple guitars from the same manufacturer. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Uh, You know, when I first saw uh, the Beatles, he was using that uh, country gentleman. But later on, I heard the song... uh, by it was a Buddy Holly song. Um, da 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 da. What what's that? I forgot the name. Uh, Buddy Holly sang it. Oh God, help me out. Since what happened? You get older, and I forget. I la- have lapses of memory here. Um, I've already forgot you asked a question. I know. Okay, I don't feel okay. bad. No. But Harrison had a bell-like tone, and I think it came from a Tennessee guitar that he was using. Uh, Words of Love is the name of the song by the Beatles. I wonder if you could play that. Is that possible for him to hear that and he could tell me what? I don't of... remember their version. What Didn't Peter and Gordon do that too? No, Buddy Holly did that. But uh, Peter and Gordon did it too, I think. They did uh, uh, a different version. Now, okay. It wasn't Words of Love. Yeah. Okay. I know there was some love. Yeah, we're... Uh... Well, he... Yeah. George used a lot of different Gretsch guitars in the early days. I think his first guitar was the Dual Jet. You right, know. and you have a model of that. Uh, we do. We have a model of his and we got several variations and and when you start looking at them there again as ben and i were talking before the show started Mm -hmm. your eyes kind of gloss over they all look the same Mm -hmm. for example we came out with the cliff gallop uh, solid body about a year ago and uh, we've been dinged that it doesn't look exactly like a 54 or a 55 or a 56 dual jet but it wasn't meant to be and one of the things the gretch faith will get into uh, and I had this conversation with the dealer that owns an original 55, was the truss rod cover. And if you notice the old truss rod covers, some are flared out to the side, and some are what they call bullet design, so the sides are flat. Well, <clears throat> those truss rod covers from that era should have been flat or bullet style, and we came out with a Cliff Gallup uh, tribute model, and it's flared. So the, the story comes back that Cliff had the guitar modified. He had his name inlaid on the fretboard, and at some point he wanted to sell the guitar, so he put a new fretboard on it, and that's when the truss rod cover was replaced. Just little things like that that you notice. But we make the Cliff Gallop, which is basically a mid-50s replica, I guess. Okay. Um, it's got block inlay um, up and down the neck starting on the first fret. But we also make a 53, but then we go to T.B. T. Jones, T. Armin pickups. They're right. not as harsh or brilliant as the Cliff Gallop. Uh, but that was the early days of rockabilly. And, in fact, if you go on YouTube and uh, do a search for Jeff Beck favorite guitars, that's one of his favorites. And he right. specifically talks about right. growing up in England, yeah. if you wanted that sound, you had mm-hmm. to have that guitar. Mm-hmm. But we also do a 59, but now we switch from block inlays to thumbnail okay. inlays and filtertron pickups. Okay. So they're all little variations of the same theme. Okay. It just depends on what you want to hear. Now, on the... Uh uh, Cliff Gallup, what pickups are being used on that? Uh, those are the uh, Dynasonic. Dynasonic. So it's a single coil, okay. and it's very bright. But you remember back in the day, people were listening to the music on car radios and little speakers. Yeah. And so having a, having a sound come out that's a little brilliant or high-end yeah. kind of offset. 
So, okay. Yeah. I would say look at the 53 model because it's got the TV Jones pickups and it's it's a little friendlier to modern ears. I got it. Okay. All right. Now there's right, there's a an interesting guitar that and it's and it is a Gretsch that um, I'll, I'll just have to, to spin this around Uh-oh. and show you. Uh, I'll have I'll, I'll send it to them so they can put it up on the screen. Okay. But do you, are you familiar with this? Oh yeah. Yeah. The Billy Bow. The Billy Bow. Yeah. Okay. Now. Uh, I'm going to have them put it up on the screen. Uh, now, what what is this thing? You know, I've read about that guitar, but I don't I don't really recall the whole thing between um, uh, oh the guy from ZZ Top. Oh, Billy Gibbons. Yeah, he okay. was involved, and uh, Bo Diddley, I believe, was the other one. Okay, because it looks like a variation of that Bo Diddley exactly. cigar box, you know. Yeah, and I, I don't know how that came to be. I don't know who was all involved. I don't know if someone from Gretsch said, "Let's take some ideas from here and take some ideas from there and throw that together." I don't. Know, it looks like somebody got drunk. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. There's a there's a lot of things that I've come across in my life where I wonder how many how many beers they had. That night they designed that. You know, it happens. I've seen some bizarre uh, stuff that people come up, obviously in their garage, trying trying to do their their very best Eddie Van Halen. You know, the right. Frankenstein stuff, right. which now you're handling the EVH, right? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, but it's just it doesn't. It first of all, there's no sustain because it's it's obviously it's not structurally sound. It's it's just like guys working chains into it and uh just bizarre items you know just like when prince had that weird symbol guitars like it probably it looked good but it's not doing anything that was i think all the weird guitars were built by new capay music up in minneapolis okay if you know then they're they're long gone and i got to know the owner carl didoff okay back in my pv days and um, he was kind of dealing with with uh prince or the symbol i guess we could call him Right, uh, an artist heyday. formerly known as uh, Prince. I think that's what yeah. he's called himself. Yeah. And I asked Carl one day at a trade show. I said, "How in the world did you ever get Prince to be your customer?" And he said, "Well, when he wasn't anybody at all, we were probably the only music store in the greater Minneapolis area that would allow him to come in and shop." Wow. Okay. It was a little weird. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, but you know. Innovator, I will say that. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, at that. We'll leave it at that. I was talking to your, I'm not sure what his title was. Which one? The station manager? Uh, Tall. They were all tall. They were giants when they walked. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Buzz? Buzz? Yeah, and we started talking. I don't know if you heard it, but I want to mention a guy named Bill Carson. Okay. Who, in my mind, was the father of the Stratocaster. Right. And a lot of people look at Leo Fender, or George Fullerton, uh, Freddie Traveris, all those guys that had, had their hand in it. But um, there's a wonderful book called My Life and Times at Fender Guitars by Bill Carson. It's out of print, but it gives a real history of, of how Fender got started. And Bill was one of the early uh, country swing guitar players. Right. I can't remember where he's from, Oklahoma, I believe. And he found himself in Southern California. He was one of the very first Fender and Dorsey's. And back in the day, I think a, a Telecaster, that was their only model. Yeah. And it was about $152, I believe, and change. And even as an artist, he had to buy his own guitar, and they put him on payments. Yeah. But he tells a wonderful story where as much as he liked what the idea of a Fender Tele was, he said it bothered him because basically that blocked-off body was pinching his upper right chest. Yeah. I won't mention anything else. 
Um, okay. <laughs> so he just, after a few beers one night, we talk about how things get started. He pulled out his pocket knife and started chopping off the body to do the forearm cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I can see cut. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just sitting there having beer in the kitchen and having a good old time with this guitar he's still got to make payments on. And um, he got some wood dough and made the horn for the offset body. Okay. Which I understood was just looked terrible. It looked like somebody tried to flush it down a stool. Took it into Fender the next day and said to Leo, look what I came up with. And they're like, uh, you just go back out and work in the factory, okay? Right. So a couple of years went by, and a lot of people don't realize that Leo only owned the manufacturing and R&D of Fender. Uh, there was another guy named Don Randall that owned the sales and marketing. Right. And Don saw what Gibson was starting to do with fancier-looking guitars. And yeah. And basically took Bill's idea, dusted it off, gave it to, to Freddie and Leo and said, make it something and it turned into the Stratocaster uh, Bill's no longer with us but to me he was the father of the Strat he, he came up with a good idea I don't know how many how much beer was involved <laughs> no idea uh, we're going to get that guitar uh, Jake did you get that uh, I sent that over to you that image of that, that guitar we got it you got it can you uh, put that up on the screen so that the the people watching, or well, not the listeners, the listeners, you can't. But if you want to see what it is, it's called uh, the Gretsch Billy Bow, right? Billy Bow. Billy Bow. Yeah. Right. And there it is. It's a rare bird. I think I travel a four-state territory. I think there's one in my territory right now. Yeah. And it, it probably City guitar. It's oh. probably going to be sitting there for a while. Eh? Yeah. I would think so. Um, we were talking about Instagram early. How yes, I yes. Kind of backed into that. Yeah. And there was a band that started liking my pictures. They were one of the first people to to like my stuff called the Shelters. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Okay. What they're they use a lot of Gretsch guitars. They okay. use some Rickenbackers and so forth. But that's the most prominent guitar that one of the two guys uses. Okay. And it was really funny because I saw this band. It's amazing who you meet on Instagram, the Shelters, and. Uh, so I started doing some research. They just released a new album, and I'm reading the liner notes, and it says it was recorded at Tom Petty's home studio, and Tom produced it. And I'm like, who are these guys? So I go to their Instagram page, and I see a, like a poster that they were getting ready. This was past, this past summer. They were getting ready to go perform at Hyde Park in London with Tom, uh, with the Lumineers, with Stevie Nicks. I'm, a host, I'm like, who what are these guys? Because they all look like they were about 15 years old. Yeah. So I contacted our Gretsch A&R guy out yeah. in uh, L.A. He says, yeah, we're working with them. And he says, Tom Petty's manager is their manager. So that connected the dots. But it's back to that full circle thing, how you, you're looking here and you meet these people over right. there and whatever. But it, it, if you got a chance, check out the shelters. I will. Yeah, I, I have I have heard of them, but I don't, I, I can't say that I've heard them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet, it is always a fascinating, like you said, when you kind of run into run into people that without any intention. Yep. Uh, like uh, I was saying earlier, with the I interviewed Phil Alvin of the Blasters, oh. which was really a biz, the most bizarre interview ever. Really? Yeah. He didn't want to talk until I brought up math, and once I brought up math, couldn't shut him up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Huh. Right. I mean, I tried talking about guitars and his playing style, and it just... I had uh, the Reverend Horton Heat on my show. He's not a talkative guy until you bring up guitars. Exactly right. Yeah. Because it was a boring interview, you know, and I yeah. was really well aware. You had a boring interview with Jim? Yeah, yeah, well, no, until this happened. Because oh, okay. it was like Because it was like, you know, in court, when you ask one question, you get 
you want a whole answer, this guy would have one-word answers. Yeah. Until I started talking guitars. Yeah. And that was it. And people told me, why did you do that? Because it was cool, and I was yeah. talking naturally, and it bored the audience, and I didn't care. Well, oh my. That's yeah. we it just was had, really cool. We just had Jim Heath over at Rock City Music on Five Mile. Yeah. Oh, I didn't um, know that. He did oh. a workshop yeah. for us back in... I think it was July. Yeah, I wasn't able to make it to that, but I did make it to the show. Okay. Night. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go to the show. Yeah. You know, but uh, such a sweet guy. Yeah. Uh, great his guy. stage presence is completely different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the dealer over there, uh, Nick Morocco, oh, super nice guy, guy uh, nice new store. Mm-hmm. He had heard really bad things about Jim that he's just hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so Nick went with me. We went down to pick him up at uh, his hotel. He was actually on the tour bus. And we knew in five minutes the sweetest guy on earth. Right. Yeah. Everything on stage was just stage personality, right. stage right. presence. Um, couldn't have been nicer. You know? His his stage presence is much different than he is in person. His online presence is much different than either one. Like I I don't know if you follow him on Facebook. He he he. he sometimes he'll start going. He'll he'll start going on like political posts, and then he'll back off for a while. Jim will. Yeah. Okay. He does. I don't do Facebook. Right. Yeah. Some, some, there's, there's a few times I've seen Jim rant. Oh, my. And it's like, why, you are not like this in person. You're not like this on stage. Like, um, and it's, it's just like there's a lot of people that I've noticed, like a lot of musicians, that, like once they start, ta- like, start typing, just like there are people that will say things online they wouldn't normally say in person. <sighs> That's so true. Yeah. And uh, I have lawsuits concerning that. Yeah, and and, and, and I, I think and Jim is such a nice and sweet guy, and he has his opinions, and mm-hmm. he's voiced them. And, I, and, and it, uh, at last that I knew that he has stopped posting um, some stuff on, on, on there, and, mm-hmm. and everything he posts now is actually more like what he is in person. Well, it's just hard to understand that someone could express opinion about politics and make somebody upset. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> I like this guy. Well, that, you're subtle, man. You're all right. It's the thing when when, when you when you're mm-hmm. a musician and you're in music. Sometimes you need to like to not um, talk about what not be a, a musician. musician. Well, that too. But, but that's but, the thing, though. There's people that are great artists, whether yeah. they're a musician or they're in the movies, that you find when um, I'm sorry for moving around. No, that's all right. When they open their mouth, yeah. There's a lot of dead air. Yeah, they're not even yeah. communicating. No, yeah. or they will, like, all right, I've dealt with some musicians that will spout off, like, political opinions, and it will turn off an entire demographic like of, of fans that won't that have right. no interest. Right. And to me, it's like you need to keep that out of it because you will alienate some of your fans. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, you can't say, you know, we're going to charge you to come and see us perform, but we're also going to throw in a bunch of political whatever yeah and it doesn't matter which party you're on right right uh and we'll just throw that in even though you paid to hear us play right so well hank williams jr was doing that for a while and i know people that wouldn't go see him because half of the performance would be him talking yeah spouting off and i i just have to say that people need to yeah, I, don't know, I won't go too Maybe much. Maybe they can put that. out a new album of just their political viewpoint. No yeah, music. well, I I think that's all. Ted I think that's all a Ted Nugent's albums now. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> but I uh, I have something special for Jake, and we're gonna because we're gonna do it another break. And apparently, Jake, I could have done this like two weeks ago. 
for Jake back there, who's been bugging me since day one. Put it on, Jake. You want to hear this. Jake, you hear me? Okay. You've been bugging me for so long about this, and I always give you, you, always give you some shit about, and we can say all that on internet radio. I always give you shit about liking this band, and it's primarily because I love, I enjoy messing with you. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna play it for you because now Sheldon's. Sheldon's telling me now we're not allowed. We're, we're we are now allowed to play it. You're allowed to play everything now. I got licenses for the station and everything is kosher. Yeah, yeah. alright, so we're going to be back in just a moment We're going to give tickets away to that uh, Swimmers Interrupters show at the Magic Stick But in the meantime, here is Don't Stop Believing by Journey Just for Jake Oh, wait a minute
And if we can't walk in love We're a noisy little gong A better little song That a bully sings out of key And if we can't walk in peace We'll forget about the least of these A mother crying on her knees For a boy who's locked away There's a voice calling me There's a voice calling me
Well, I keep tripping over lines that rhymes with never Hey, Marlena Hey, Marlena I still love you But you don't love me Keep slipping back in time When I thought we'd last forever But I keep tripping over lines That rhyme with never Hey Marlena Hey Marlena I still love you, yeah. Hey, Marlena. Hey, Marlena. Oh, I still love you. All right, you listen to the Motor City Zoo Joint right here on New Radio Media. That was a absolute fan favorite. It's the one I get requests for all the time for Robert Lewis. When is Robert Lewis going to be back on the show? When is Robert Lewis playing? Well, he has Facebook. You can go check it out and just, you know, he'll, he will be back. He will be back many times because everybody seems to love him and he is a wonderful guy. One of the most underrated singer-songwriters in Metro Detroit. Anyway, this is the Motor City Jew joined right here on New Radio Media. I am your host, Ben Rose. I am joined by Steve Wicks of Gretsch Guitars and Sheldon Kay, the rock and roll lawyer. All right. That's Thank right. You. You're welcome. Okay, so we've been talking about guitars and uh, now, Steve, you have you played in a band or is you, you're just playing just because Years you've been ago, selling it. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long time. I yep. don't have the, um, I guess you'd call it the opportunity, mainly the time. You know, my job requires a lot of travel. Right. So a band would find me unreliable. Right. Uh, but that's why I asked you about um, Robert Lewis and the songwriting. That's yep. what really is dear to me is writing songs. Oh, we got to get you in touch with Robert. Yeah. This is, a, this is a guy that, I mean, his... Like heart and soul is in is in his own music, yeah. And I, I think he is just between him and and, and Zach and Zachariah. The, the those those two, those are two local local singer songwriters and musicians that just people need to know about. And I and I and I stand behind that. Uh, and I have always always have. I kind of consider myself the uh, if you're familiar with Nikolai Tesla. Oh yes. Okay. Ah, oh yeah. I'm the Nikolai Tesla of songwriting. Yeah. I do a little bit. Yeah. And then it's like it goes nowhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, last year I was at, uh, or not last year, this year, down in Nashville to Summer Nam. You familiar with Bobby Cochran? Yes. Okay. 
Um, we got to talking about songwriting. Is that Eddie Cochran's relative or? Nephew. Nephew, Nephew. okay. I met him 30 years ago when I was at PV. Um, Did a little business with Korg. And he's doing all kinds of different things right now. Mm -hmm. He's, um, I don't know if he ended up getting the gig, but he was telling me at at that point last summer uh, that he was going to go on tour, or looking to go on tour as an acoustic guitar player to open for a symphony orchestra, which I thought was really weird. Anyway, what his question was, can you write lyrics? Because to him, a guitar player or any musician should be able to come up with a riff. Right. It's the problem of adding the lyrics and really making it catchy that's right. the real thing and i remember another story with the eagles where don felder was complaining about um some riff he came up with and he took it to the other guys glenn and and uh, uh the other guys and he said that was really my song and i didn't get any royalties on it but they said all you had was four chords that's a riff well it's a riff but it wasn't a song Oh. And that's a whole other thing, taking that little musical idea that kind of mm-hmm. makes your heart flutter and turn it into something that will make other people's hearts flutter. Right. You know, that type of deal. Well, Robert could do that. I, I think yeah, he sounds a, like interesting. I think he's a genius. Oh, I yeah. Really oh, oh, I do, too. I, I, I absolutely. It, it's. I don't think I've ever heard him or, or any of his songs just be less than stellar. Yeah, I mean, that sounds... You know, Very interesting. I'm to thinking me. about him right now and all the fun I had in his band because I could play. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't say that I had more fun in his band, but maybe right. I did than my band now. I don't want them to hear this. You know, he listens to the show. Robert, call yeah. in. Okay. He he has. Oh, he has? has. Oh yeah, he's okay. called in. Okay. Uh, well, I don't play in a band. Yeah. But okay. I do try to write as much as I can. Um, We've got new product coming out soon, and so I'll be traveling with a lot of samples. Okay. And um, are you going to be putting anything on at Motor City? Will they have a Gretsch day that we could all show up? We we haven't discussed anything like that. Uh, Rock City's looking to do one probably in February. Okay. Um, I don't know if other artists are going to be available or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you're a guitar player and you got a trade show and you see all the new stuff, and then I get to travel with it. I had an interesting. It was interesting to me. I was at a Holiday Inn somewhere, I don't know, somewhere. Uh, they all seem the same to me. And I have to take all my gear. I normally travel with about six guitars, uh, some of them rather expensive. And I have to take them into the hotel. And I always request two queen-size beds. So one I sleep in, the other one's for the guitars. Hmm. And I saw this, I was in this Holiday Inn room that had an unusually high ceiling. I think it was like 16 or 18 feet. And so I backed up by the bathroom to take a picture to text to my daughter in Boston and she wrote back and she said well the guitars look comfortable because they're all laying out on the bed like people but that's some of the things you have but anyway that's the life of a rep traveling with guitars and playing and writing Mm -hmm. songs that's that that sounds like something I would do anyway just putting guitars on on the other bed (laughs) it's it's like you know like I, I I've heard so many jokes about uh, my my one guitar being the like the other girlfriend, right. you know. It's right. just uh, and you know that it's it's totally something I would do, and I'm not a rap. Well, I think a guitar is way more personal than anything other. Yeah. The rest of the equipment. Yeah. People like amps. They like pedals. They like whatever. Yeah. But you're not quite as it's not as romantic. It you is. Know, nobody ever it's, looked it's at, just a, like at that. a yeah. effects pedal and said, "Well, that's." That's really beautiful. Right. Sounds beautiful, but it doesn't right. look beautiful. And let me tell you, I've tried to make some beautiful beautiful pedals. It's not 
not easy. They all just look the same. Kind of the minivans of the music business, it's right? A little box, right? You're trying to sex it up a little. You know, I think we're the only companies that I've seen that that's that's really come up with some interesting um, shapes for pedals was uh, was that coffin case. They did the two pedals. Yeah. The one that's shaped like a coffin, mm-hmm. which is essentially a Boss Blues driver put in a coffin shaped case, and and, and I've I've owned both, and they are the exact same pedal. But then they did a chorus pedal that was shaped like a bat, and they only made three hundred of them. Didn't see it. Yeah, that that, that was a you know, it was like very limited. Uh, I saw ads for it, and they said limited to three hundred pedals. It's gone. It's gone. Right. Yeah. But there, but there are pedals that people are trying to to sex up with in a using name. Like Jack White is using is selling at his store, Third Man Records. This and I'm not. This isn't me like plugging this pedal. And I'm sorry to I'm sorry to the guy that designed this, and I'm sorry to Jack White for what I'm about to say. I'm not slandering. I'm just saying that he's selling this pedal with no tone or no volume control at all. It's just a, a switch. It's three hundred dollars, and it's made uh, from a guy in Vancouver. So the switch is just on or off. It's on or off, and it does one thing, and you can't play a chord out of it. It's it's only for solos, right? I talked to a guy online that bought one. First, I was like, "Why would you spend this money on this one thing that does the, the one pedal that does one thing? You can't even strum a chord." I said, "Would you open it up and take a picture of it for me?" I priced it out; it cost me five dollars to make. Oh man! So this guy—I mean, Jack White's got his name on it, three hundred bucks. Wow! And it's because he he uses it for one song, and it's painted with the black, yellow, and you know, could and, be worse. It could be worse. Years ago, the joke about pedals was somebody's going to come up with a pedal that makes it sound like you're plugged directly into your amp. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that in there. You know, there's only one pedal that I use, and I built a, I built a delay pedal that is it's, it's pretty close to, to, uh, to emulating actual Echoplex. It right. has a natural decay, wow. and I've added some uh, a, f- a few things that I won't say on on air that will that cause that the the decay to, to sound real. So it's not it, it does, does not have, a perfect sound. Does it have warble? Warble? Some? Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Oh, I, and I I've <clears throat> I've modified a few that uh, and it's just changing one little part that made it just just go a little bit too far. You get some real spacey sounds out of it, or you can get that nice little slapback echo to it. And I've sold a few. Do you know John DeFever? He plays with the Ruiners, or he used to play with the Ruiners, and he was one of the founders of the band uh, Elvis Hitler. Oh, okay. Um, I met Elvis Hitler's band a couple weeks, yeah. uh, months ago. Yeah, I, I interviewed Jim Leedy a few weeks ago. The man, that was... He, that guy can talk. I, I could have done three, four hours with just him. Yeah. Uh, but John DeFever has one of these delay pedals that I built, and uh, he he doesn't use it with Elvis Hitler. He uses it with he used it with the Ruiners, and he just you know he absolutely loved it. And it was it was a thing that I had, uh, I had lent another band, a touring band, because he didn't ha- he did, he needed a, a delay pedal for his for that night's show, and it was the Frantic Flintstones. The first time they ever played in Detroit, and they'd been playing for thirty years. Played in my living room first, and then went and played Smalls. Okay. And he used this pedal, and John loved it so much. He's like, "How much for that pedal?" Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Got to have it. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So I mean, I you none. Gave me a guitar chord, which I still have. Yes. I yeah. Still have that. I when I was back when I worked for My Star Sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah I remember that. Like I, a tar cord? Yeah, yeah. I think it's yellow. I'm not yellow, orange. Is yeah. that the one you gave me? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah I uh, I used to work for MyStar Sound making custom cables. Uh-huh. We even made the Armor Gold. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it, it was a company, I believe, that started here in um, Metro Detroit, and a guy in California bought this. And the thing about the Armor Gold cables, they have that, that mesh on it. Did I give you one with the mesh? I don't remember. Okay. That I but don't remember. they have this, like, flex mesh on it. It's, it helps prevent it from getting tangled, and it also gets extra. Is it on the whole cable? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. And uh, they're yellow, and then the, the on the ends it's black, and then he want, he, he has these little, um, like, clear shrink wrap that goes over the, the black with the labels on it. And just to protect it, because he doesn't want that name going anywhere. Right. And they're all odd lengths. You know, like uh, instead of a, a 15 or a 20, it's 18 feet. You know, it's uh, – or instead of like a 6-inch patch cable, he wants it 6.5 inches. Did he say why? No, but he would send them back. He would, ta- he would take pick one random out of each uh, group and take it apart. And if it was like a millimeter off – and I'm not kidding, a millimeter off, he would send it back. He was that – Particular, uh, nobody liked building the cables for him. I didn't mind. Sounds like a fun guy to hang out with. No, I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> We're in agreement then, right? But yeah, you know, but it was it was fun as I was able to make I made stuff for for Kiss for for Poison Motley Crue. Uh, I made some stuff for Dick Wagner when wow. he was still alive. And what's funny is like I it, it, it was printing the name because he wanted his name on it, and we were just giving them to him. Yeah, I kept. I would type it out and without it just just because I was in a hurry wouldn't proofread it and they kept come up come, all coming out Dick Wanger, uh-huh. and finally the sales rep says I'm gonna just give him one to see what you know yeah. and apparently he thought it was kind of he thought it was funny but he's like yeah make sure my name's right next time Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah but and it was it's you know try to do too many things at once yeah that was that was a that was a fun company to work for dealing with a lot of uh you know making things for um you know art different artists never they never let me go to nam which i've always wanted to go mm. you got to go yeah Steve, so uh, go to nashville gonna, yeah he's got to say maybe he'll take him next time mm-hmm. he's gonna, he'll buy a present he does look lonely yeah, yeah a little he bit can, he wants to go oh, okay <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on the list. Right. Okay, so we, t- we talked about you know like cheap guitars. It's easy to cheap a guitar and not, and, but it's it's not easy to maintain. Right now, when I brought up before the show this this new California company that's cranking out these very limited runs. Now there are other. Co- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name the company because I'm not giving them the attention. Uh but there are other companies doing this, but this one just seems to be be doing it like dirt cheap. And I've right. noticed that they're that when they're getting towards the end of the year, they're trying to almost give them away, even though they're only making thirty of each model. Wow. So and these are like American made guitars like next to nothing. Hmm. Uh now Gretch they're you know kind of I don't want to say cheaper, but um, more affordable model is Electromatic. But you also handle Jackson, Charvel, and EVH. I, and, and I'm, I'm assuming the EVH is not having an affordable model. EVH, well, probably street price of about $500. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's but just... even back to Gretsch, we yeah. have a new uh, series of guitars, yeah. which are 100% Gretsch. 
Grit's names on them called Streamliners. Okay. They're beneath the Electromatics. So okay. They run 450 to 550. Okay. And is it, is it just like its name, like a streamlined? Well, it's on that. Yeah. If you look there, yeah. what had happened is we had a competitor come out with a series of uh, guitars, and I won't mention those son of a guns either. Yeah. That was based on Gretsch. And we thought, uh, they're sealing our thunder. But we didn't have anything below the Electromatic, like a hollow body at seven ninety nine. Right. But we didn't want to put another brand on it. We wanted it to be Gretsch branded. So we finally found a, a source we could, uh, uh, you know, have a manufactured. And there's only two price points, regardless of the body size, junior size, center block, uh, full size center block, or, or the the big guy, the single cut. Yeah. Uh, there's only two price points, 550 if it has a Bigsby on it and 450 if it's a stop, stop tailpiece. And they're pretty cool. Yeah, they, the I, I like them. The Streamliner was actually guitars from the 40s. Okay. Really, and that's where the block inlay and the knobs, if you look at the knobs. Oh. And it was interesting. I was in a music store when they first came out, and somebody said, I like the guitar. I hate the knobs. They just look terrible. And See, I said, okay. That's something that I would that, that would draw well, my it's eye. A, it's a preference. Yeah. Right? So I told the guy, I said, well, the guitar's from the 40s, the idea of the guitar anyway. Yeah. And we borrowed the, the block inlays and the knobs. He said, really? He said, okay, I like them. <laughs> and I thought, they're another crazy musician. Yeah, all right. I'm 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 very I'm interested. I you know, that's that's really that that is really cool. Uh yeah. Well, they play they play really well. They sound good until you go to electromatic. And the electromatic sounds really good and plays really well until you get to a pro guitar. Right. That's the way it is. And then you get go up a little bit higher to the, the vintage select? Yeah. I mean, to me, if you take somebody from, let's say, Mars and bring him to <laughs> Earth and you feed him hamburgers from McDonald's every day, he might be quite happy. It's hard to believe, but he could be. But then you take him out to a really fine restaurant. Now, he still may eat at McDonald's. But you've changed his perspective, right? So if a, if somebody's only playing guitars below five hundred dollars, but you allow him to borrow a two or three thousand dollar guitar, it yeah. changes their perspective, right? And they might start thinking, "I can't live without it." Same thing, same idea. Yeah, well, I, I I'm just I, I look at them and I, I it, they've, they've got a, a really cool look to them, and yep. uh, I, and you know, I'd like to give them a shot. You know, I I I am really into trying different guitars i might not you know i might not buy but you know being able to try something new and say yeah i tried this i liked it yeah you know so different strokes for different folks right so where 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 because we only have uh, uh did you adjust this the timer yep 50 okay. seconds to go no that's not right because we should actually have um two minutes Oh, okay. Those are probably metric minutes. Yeah, we have this correct, right? The time's not correct. Celsius okay, we're time. good. Okay. Anyway, so where where locally can we can 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 is the best place to go check out some of these scratches? And oh, if you have a place a you want to plug, question. yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, I think Sheldon mentioned Motor City Guitar. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Marty Manui out there, Bob Card, wonderful people. Yes. Um, more gear than a music store should have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great prices. But then there's Huber and Breeze. Okay. Know, another great store. There's a little on the east side, yeah. Yeah. Rock City Music, uh, another wonderful, fairly new dealer. Yeah. Um, they're all going to have a slightly different selection. If you want a <laughs> Billy Bow, you got to go to Motor City. Okay. If you want the Penguin, you got to go to um, oh. Huber and Breeze. Yeah. 
Uh, if you go down to uh, Rock City, you might like find a '59 vintage select reissue. So okay, different different strokes again. Okay, for different players. All right. Now, all right. I'd like to thank Steve Wicks of Gretsch Guitars, Sheldon K, the Rock and Roll Lawyer Show. You can check you out at 1160 right on Fridays. Friday night. All right. Six o'clock. And uh, hopefully we'll get him to leave AM and come over here to New Radio Media. On Thursday, the Devil Elvis Trio will be in the studio. Yeah, great. Yeah, they've downsized to a trio. Great band. So I will see you Thursday. Thank you for listening. Good night.